Welcome to the first in my Backup Essentials podcast. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Keith Joseph. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, why we need additional backup uh, for the Office 365 suite uh, and some of the misconceptions that go around with uh, 365 about why, you, why you people think they do and don't need uh, a backup solution for it. But more importantly, the 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 really how we got to this stage and so some of the requirements that go through so what i thought i'd do is i'd break this down into um sort of a couple of couple of ways of looking at this which is which is really the uh, the confusion about uh, office 365 and 365 in general and why you need to look at the backups uh, the then from there we'll sort of analyze uh, what those confusions make with regards to uh, the end users uh, or users of the product, I should say, uh, and, we, and how, how that has an impact in them, and really how 365 has been uh, used more and more, especially in the world that we're in today around this uh, COVID essential world that we now live in. So if we look at the confusion with 365, uh, what you have to understand is that 365 is, is actually two products. Um, it is based, uh, well, actually, let's take it a step step further back, actually. So let, let's go back to uh, the inception of 365. The inception of 365 came around uh, 2010. So 11 years ago, if, if you're listening to this in 2021, or if older if you're sort of down the line. Um, and it came about because of the way Microsoft had brought together a number of, uh, of products they purchased or developed, uh, whether that be, if, if you're old enough, in 2003 when they bought Placeware, which was a web conferencing facility, or FrontEdge, where they started to put Exchange servers online, uh, and then with the advent of SharePoint and SharePoint Online, and then Exchange hosted services. Now, they brought that all under the umbrella of Microsoft Business Productivity Online Suite, which is a bit of a bit of a mouthful. Um, but Steve Ballmer's line or Microsoft's line at the time was actually they need to start bringing all of these services together to rival uh, what was coming through from Google and some of the other companies that are, that are out there offering similar services. And some of these services came about because of uh, actually them using Microsoft Exchange services and the rest of it. So what happened is, is that uh, as we saw in 2010, Steve Ballmer announced it. Uh, and then what happened at that point is that... Um, um, they started to bring all these products together, and initially it was the back-ended services that you saw uh, from Microsoft. So uh, at this point, you had the back-ended services, uh, as we iterated before, but then in front of that, you then had the old box product for Office uh, 2010. Um, and then that sort of bimbled along for a couple of years uh, where they tried to amalgamate the services and tried to push the services, get their messaging right, their marketing right. And then once that sort of got into its swing, you saw beginnings really about 2013, uh, when Office 2013 came out, uh, that they started to look at offering subscription modeling uh, for box products as well under the banner of Office 365. And this is where a lot of uh, users of the product see the product, uh, see see it and understand it, and that being the the fact that it's um, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, those things. What they don't have an understanding is is the back ended services around the the link, the SharePoint, uh, and all the services that that go through. Uh, link now is uh, Skype, so 
and then project and all the bits and pieces and then active directory and all those bits and pieces that, that go through with the products so uh 2013 you saw the the the, the marketing really ramp up with uh, 365 and it driving through at that point. And then by 2016, you saw, uh, if you look at the licensing model that came through, you saw a distinctive split that you had the software side of it, which was the Word, Excel, which is what, it, what we see as users. And then you had the services side, which was the exchange services and the rest of it and Skype, uh, the go through and SharePoint uh, of the back end. The confusion comes about, um, and now this is partly down to Microsoft themselves, but it, it's also uh, partly down to uh, understanding and, and where you see the product fit, is that the software side of it comes under software as a service. So therefore, if you look at the cloud models that Microsoft put out there, is that um, things like data and security and all that is responsibility, uh, sorry, not security, the applications, the rest of it, is responsibility of Microsoft. But then the, the back end of services, this is the exchange services that, that you wouldn't see as a user, but uh, the SharePoint service, the rest of it, the data requirements and that are, are aligned uh, with the user's responsibility, i.e. the companies that are using the 365 environment. And um, that, that, that confusion does come out in the marketplace quite uh, quite well. But the, the, the interesting thing is, is that Microsoft, but are, very unclear on their marketing standpoint, but on their technical standpoint are very clear. And what they do is that if you go onto Microsoft.com and then you go to Exchange and then you go back up, uh, back hyphen up hyphen email, and then you look at it uh, back up for email as an example, uh, which is predominantly what we use uh, in organizations as a primary communication platform now, um, Microsoft are very, very clear. And the, the, the notes that they put through is that if you look at the scene, it says, what happens if a user accidentally deletes data from their mailboxes? It's a simple question. Um, they put a great big purple box that says, note, point in time restoration of mailboxes, uh, mailbox items is outside the scope of Exchange Online services. And they carry on with the statement, but they basically say there are third party companies that will give you this service. So Microsoft are very, very clear with the fact that um, when it comes to the back end of services like Exchange and SharePoint and that sort of bits and pieces, that they won't deal with it. They will deal with it. They're, they're an ethical company and they'll, they'll make sure they do deal with it. But the realities are is that it's, it's not a high priority for them. However, it's a high priority for you. So therefore, you have to weigh up. Now, what Microsoft also do is if you read the T's and C's and they bury this right down at the bottom um, um, within the T's and C's, in the event, uh, in no event shall Microsoft uh, and or its representatives, so that's their partner network and their distribution and their uh, other suppliers, uh, be liable for any special, indirect, or inconsequential damages or any damages other than resulting from the loss of use of data or profits. So what they're basically saying is that if you lose your data and you don't have a backup product, you're kind of um, at the will of them trying to recover it on your behalf, and the possibility is is that it's not going to happen. Now, saying that, you know, Microsoft are a fantastic company and they'll they'll do a great job for you. But the interesting thing is, is that um, they, they clearly state the backup is outside, backup and recovery is outside of their scope. And how they cover it is what's called the shared responsibility model. And what the shared responsibility model does is basically say that um, user access and use data security and backup comes under the data security umbrella. 
is the user's responsibility. So if you delete it, it's your problem. Uh, they'll try and help you get it back, but if you can't, they won't. However, if the application, the infrastructure breaks, they're going to fix that for you. So we see that when uh, Azure goes down and bits and pieces like that. So that's the background to it. So you, you need to understand that when we talk about 365, we're not talking about a product. We're talking about a set of functionalities and features and then products that go through. And then it is the back it is the back office functionality that your business would have originally have had as a server and a um, uh, infrastructure based in your office or within your data center or within the host of data center that you may uh, buy those services from. But at the end of the day, those services have now migrated to Microsoft's fantastic suite of data centers worldwide, and they run that on your behalf. But what they're doing is they'll, so they'll provide the platform. You provide the management and the, and the management of the data because it's your data and there's certain rules they have to follow. So that's where the confusion does come around uh, from the Microsoft um, 365 environment. The fact that it, it is two. There is a what was originally the office product, which is the software suite, and then there's the services that go through. So when we talk about backing up, we're talking about the services. Um, so with that in mind, uh, what you sort of have to look at is and what really this gets should make you do is think in relation that there's some certain considerations that you need to understand. Uh, and that is um, how, how important now is 365 to your business? Now, the, the reason I sort of pose that question to you and I'll sort of give you the answer back is that what's happened now is that there's been, and especially now with, with, with COVID, there's been this drive to, um, uh, put more and more stuff online because it's about collaboration. It's about sharing. It's about uh, giving users and putting, giving more rights to the users and making sure that the they, they can get the, the, the data when they want it, where they want it, and how they want it, whether that be on iPhones or whether, sorry, on mobile phones or whether that be on pads or whether that be on their desktop at home or whether that be when they're in the car. You know, it, it's about this collaboration and making sure that, 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 uh, that people are accessible to their data 24-7. The thing is, is that you do this and you do this through email, through 365 email, but you also then do this through OneDrive and through SharePoint as well. And you're giving the power to the users. But what businesses forget is that historically, when this was an on-premise solution, they would have had disaster recovery and DR plans in place, uh, so business continuity and DR plans in place, to... Uh, cover the eventuality of a data loss. The, 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 issue, the issue now is the fact that they don't cover SharePoint online and OneDrive online and 365 email online because the misconception is, is that it's backed up by Microsoft, it's, it's in the cloud, it's safe. And that really leads on to the second conclusion uh, that has to, or misconception that's out there, is that software as a service is inherently safe. Well, actually it's not. You have to remember that cloud-based compute is just somebody else's compute. It's not. It's not actually. Um, it's just moving the the, the 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 transactions of the data from um, your environment, the, which you've paid for with servers and software that you've managed, and you get somebody to manage that for you, to uh, their data center where they take a lot of the heavy lifting away from you. So you know, you have, you have to make sure that you're following the same rules. So whether that be um, uh, making sure that your business continuity and your disaster recovery plans in place. And that is the fact that there are certain things that are going to happen. And I'll, I'll cover those in a second. 
the the other thing that sort of you, you need to sort of a couple of other points you need to sort of consider is that um, the, the, the governance has it been extended for the data so with the fact that um, you're now giving responsibility to the user you have to understand that you're giving them a lot more rights and actually are you governing their rights correctly and now you're actually giving them the rights they need and should have are you giving them too much too many rights you know have they got the rights to um, uh, delete data to not delete data to do what needs to be done you know the end of the day is that you need to make sure that you get those governances right the other thing that, that sort of that, that really touched on is the last point you need to consider when you're looking at backing up 365 um, is um, the law has changed and the law has changed around uh, people's rights about their data so it's data protection um, and what you're now doing is by 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 pushing the governance to the user and, and but if you don't control that governance what you do is you open yourself up for liabilities around in Europe GDPR for example in America you've got the uh, California Consumer Protection Act and the reason is is that the, the there's a blurring of um, company and personal in the the 365 world because you've made 365 so accessible to, to the, your staff to make sure they can collaborate and they can well, they can work anywhere in the world and they can do what they need to do, what you, they, they has a tendency to do is that they start using personal stuff on business compute. The problem with that is that as soon as you start putting personal stuff in there, they're then protected by the laws that are now in place to protect them from Big Brother watching them. So those governances then start to impact YouTube business and you then need to make sure that you've got those covered. So you've got personal data protection covered under the governance of the business because you need to make sure they've got through. So 365 is a minefield because, uh, and the easiest way of dealing with that is, is via a backup solution that would actually do what needs to be done because it is part of the, 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 the ethos that you should have in place and making sure that, then when you have the backups in place that they're actually controlled and they're managed by the organization. So there's a, there's an element of saying we have control and governance of the data, but by the way, we can protect your rights as, an, as a human, as an individual, as laid down by law. So there's, there are a number of different considerations that you need to go through. But if you actually take it down to its um, core fundamentals, um, there are effectively three areas uh, as a business you need to consider. Uh, there's unauthorized data access. Now, this could be phishing and ransomware attacks. Well, how do you protect against those? Well, the easiest way of dealing with a ransomware attack is to uh, wipe the 365 estate and restore it from your, from your last good backup prior to the attack. And the same is true with malware and virus attacks as well. You know, if you need to uh, destroy a machine, uh, I don't mean literally, just um, the, the, date, the the ones and zeros are on it, um, the easiest way is just to pull it straight back from the backup from the last known good state. We well, can't do that if you haven't got a good backup. So then, all of a sudden, you then got to start thinking: oh, Do I have to pay the? Do I have to pay the phishing? Do I have to pay the ransomware. And another one to consider also is the fact that we're now using um, the Office three sixty five authenticator for a lot of third party apps. So you're now starting to see application illicit consent attacks happening. So these are what you think are decent bits of software. They're actually trying to glean data from you and your organisation. And likewise, there are some very, very fishy companies out there that do this. Uh, so it's again, but this goes back to the governance. You're giving the governance back to the staff. So therefore, you need to understand that by doing that, you're actually opening up a can of worms. But you need to open up a can of worms because you need to give them 
this collaborative ability to work. So it's a juggling act that you need to look at in relation to doing things through. And then there's other things. Then the second one you really need to is the human side of it. And human beings are human beings is that we all make mistakes. We've all deleted emails where we've got an attachment that we don't want to do. But that's that's the, the accidental side. But then on top of that, you've then got the malicious side, which is um, um, you get rid of employee X. He pulls the line of um, GDPR. I've deleted all my data and I've deleted the delete box. And Microsoft said, I can't get this thing back. Actually, what? But he, he's had a number of contracts and a number of communications with um, his um, customers. Uh, or he's done something a bit naughty that he shouldn't have. Well, you can pull it back from the backups because that's what the backup and recovery process is about. So it's about controlling the governances that you're giving them to make sure that it goes through. And then, likewise, you're looking at outages and shutdowns. Um, same with stolen devices. You know, if you've got if you can't have access to your data. What do you do? You know, if, if you know, you could also be using it as a, when we talk about outages and shutdowns is that if you shut down the 365 service, how do you migrate the data out? Well, yes, there are some great plans to do it, but actually the easiest way is just to pull the backups out as PST files and then restore them uh, onto new machines. It's a great way of doing it. Or you can do it as archives. You know, there's various different ways you can do this. And then likewise, if you talk about SharePoint bits and pieces, that there's an element of employees overriding data. Well, yes, there's some rollbacks within SharePoint, but sometimes that doesn't work. So it's, it's, it gives you additional resources that you can pull through. And there's mergers and acquisitions. You know, we're going to see a lot more of that that's going through um, uh, from uh, uh, the, these times that we're in at the moment. So how do you merge two accounts together? What happens if they go wrong? What happens if it doesn't work? You know, again, you can cover that through with the... Um, uh, with the backup solutions, making sure you've actually got a rollback position if you need to. And then the last one, there's, there's actually, uh, it's a limitation of features. And the limitation of features, things like around e-discovery, everybody thinks it does the absolute, um, uh, is, is the absolute um, be all and end all. It's not, um, quite often it's uh, very, very uh, uh, restricted to certain, uh, 365 account like so if you're looking at um maybe an e5 license well if you're an smb an sme company you haven't got an e5 license so therefore you you're missing some of the storage and retention features um you're missing um a, a lot of tools that go through so there's limitations on e-discovery within the 365 so the smaller the organization is actually the more important is to back it up with a third party then you've got limitation of storage and retention well I mean, I've got a massive mailbox um, and I overblow my uh, backups because I've had, I don't delete anything. So I'm constantly uh, getting told off for having too much data. Um, you know, and you've got that with it and you could be deleting stuff that accidentally that you may not want to delete. And then there's some of the native features within Outlook that's not very good because uh, they weren't designed for it. Um, but probably the last point I'd say on this before we sort of wrap up is, uh, how much time and effort does it cost you as an individual to drive, um, to, to, to try and do stuff with 365? Because somebody's lost, um, uh, because somebody's lost an email, you have to go find it. You then have to go and contact Microsoft. Microsoft will then say it's going to take me 90 days to recover it. The guy says, I can't wait 90 days. Or the lady says, I can't wait 90 days. I just need to, I, I need it. I need it now. I'm the, I'm the CEO of this company. I want this file back. And you can't really go to them, hey, uh, you deleted it. Uh, no, uh, 
you have to go, okay, I'll get it back as fast as I can. You can get it back very quickly with a 365 backup solution. You can't get it back from Microsoft in a timely manner. You can get it back, but not in a timely manner. So uh, just to wrap up, you know, there, there's some pointers that you see to look at uh, around the, the why backup within 365 is so important, but it, it's, it's come from a historical standpoint, but it also comes from a um, confusion standpoint, but then it also comes from the fact that we, we adapt and we learn as we go through. So um, I work for Altaro Software. We do a fantastic uh, 365 um, backup product. Uh, you can find details on www.altaro.com. Uh, if you do a search uh, on Google and you search Altaro 11 Essential Reasons Guide to Office 365 Backup, there's an, a fantastic piece that our marketing department put together. Um, wasn't actually put together by a marketing department. It was put together by a third party, but it was using the points, some of the points that we covered off today, but then going into a lot more detail behind it. It's a well, it's it, it's a really good read. It's worth um, actually having time to do it. Uh, if you get to 15 minutes, have a read of the document. Um, and if you are interested in uh, 365 Backup, please let's say uh, go to altaro.com. Uh, we'll be more than pleased to um, uh, sort of help you out uh, where we can. Uh, I will try and do another episode uh, very shortly, but thank you very much. My name's been Keith Joseph, uh, and I say, have a lovely day.